0: Hey guys, it's Timmy and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now, I enjoyed tonight's Monday Night Raw. I thought it was a really good show. I thought we got a lot of good things on this show. The show flowed very well, but we didn't get a lot of setup for SummerSlam, I feel. Now, I know we got Cody challenging Brock, but now I'm going to ask you this question, Luke. Are they teasing... Finn and Seth in a rematch at SummerSlam. That's how, at least early in the show, Damian Priest made it sound. I mean, I
1: feel like they are. But at the same time, I could also maybe see they they do that match at SummerSlam. But I feel like they're also kind of teasing maybe Priest cashes in, whether that's during the match or maybe after the match at SummerSlam. I feel like that's what they're kind of teasing.
0: Right, because... Finn, and we'll get to it here in a little bit when we talk about the open of this show, Finn was like, you know, I want Seth again, but Damian got in the way, and then Damian Damian basically in one sentence told Finn, I believe in you and I don't believe in you at the same time. Saying how you're going to get at Finn and this and that, so we'll get into all that and stuff, but I thought it was a good episode of Raw. What did you think of tonight's Raw?
1: I thought Raw was a good show. I don't think it was a like a great show, but right. I thought it was a pretty good show.
0: Yeah, I thought I feel it was like they could've over.
1: done a little bit more for like building up SummerSlam.
0: How many weeks do we have? It's like April, August fifth, so. It's August fifth, right? Yes. One 5th. there's three more Monday night raws. Three more RAWs and four SmackDowns. That's it. Dang. I would have thought they'd be building and teasing more. I mean, they're teasing Raquel and, and Rhea. I have no clue what Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are gonna do unless it's Imperium. Drew For and Judgment Gun- Day. Maybe. Maybe, but I... yeah, you're right. Judgment Day probably. Damien and, and Dominic. But um they're building Drew and Gunter. The women's tag title match is next week, not at SummerSlam. I'm just trying to think of, you know, all the things that the, the Raw brand can have for SummerSlam, and I don't think of much. I'm not thinking there's a lot. Shaver, favor Slogan Paul. Yes, 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 yes. That is one that is 100% happening. So, I mean, out of that, no, that's about five matches or so. So they could do like 10 matches if they want to do a big SummerSlam, five from Raw, five from SmackDown. So, no, no. I think they're, they're teasing it slowly is the thing. I would just like more confirmation less than a month out. But with that, I do want to say thank you guys for joining us. We're not live because we had internet issues, but you can watch later on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash PW Unlimited, like you are doing right now, or maybe even listening on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Well, my internet's not poopy. You can watch on Twitch Live, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, but not tonight. Remember, you can support us on Twitch, you can support us on YouTube, and you can support us a number of different ways. Remember, if you're watching on Twitch, You can support us by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember you can support by subscribing to the channel on Twitch one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or by subscribing with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here wrestling unlimited also remember head over to youtube and become a channel member finally head over to the epic game store trying to get a new game like pre-ordering assassin's creed mirage or ratchet and clank rift apart trying to claim the free game grime tinge of terror or getting into fortnite rocket league or fall guys we'll use this code down here PW Unlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game store purchases. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Switch, your phone, your PC. For all Epic Games and Epic Game store purchases. Now, as far as Monday Night Raw does go, Raw kicked off with Finn Balor making his way to the ring. Basically, he was pissed off. About what went down in money in the bank and last week on Raw. He said he had issues with Seth Rollins. Or he said his issues with Seth Rollins weren't finished because of Damian Priest. Judgment Day's music would hit and out would come Rhea and Dominic, no priest. Ripley knew that they had issues, but they needed to discuss this stuff in the back. This did not need to be out in the public. Fowler said he had no issue with them. It was with Priest, who cost him and tried to hijack his moment then knocked Balor's mic basically out of his hand, so the crowd couldn't hear what she had to tell him, basically telling him to calm down. They had a slight disagreement, and Balor left the ring and went to the back. Ripley then took the mic and said, Judgment Day still runs raw no matter what, and they are here to prove it, as she is out of basically an open challenge from anyone. Ripley then said, Dom is going to put down Rollins later tonight. Dom then grabbed the mic. They booed very loud in, in uh, Buffalo, so he couldn't speak. And then out came Seth Rollins with some buffalo wings. Dom said that he didn't want to be disrespected. All while Rollins was actively eating a plate of wings. Rollins told Dom to shut up. Because we're here in Buffalo. And he's eating buffalo wings. He said, I'm just waiting to watch Judgment Day implode. Dom then said that he would beat Rollins. And Rollins laughed about it. Rollins informed Ripley that he was the only one who would be whipping Dom Dom's ass tonight. Rollins' music played, and he danced to the back while still eating chicken wings. So yeah, what would you think of this opening segment of Raw?
1: I thought the whole like Seth eating buffalo wings was kind of funny. Yeah,
0: I mean buffalo wings first, in Buffalo, New York.
1: Kind of- First, I was kind of confused. I was like, why the heck is he eating wings? But then I was like, oh, it's buffalo wings. Yeah, I, I, didn't, that's
0: kinda funny. I didn't get that either at first because I didn't realize they were in buffalo. But then once they said it, I was like, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I thought this was a cool like, opening segment. Yeah. I felt like it was just long enough. Like, it didn't overstay its welcome, but it was almost to the point where if it went just a couple more minutes, then it probably would have been too long. So we're not done with the Judgment Day, though. Ripley and Dom approached Priest in the back. Priest said that he knew things would go away in the, go that way in the ring. Ripley told him to grow up, be a man, and squash things. Priest said this man already tried, but Balor chose not to listen. For her, Priest would try again, though, and she said, "Good." This then led to a tag team match, Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle against Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. McIntyre got in the ring for the first time since WrestleMania, and Kaiser quickly bailed. Imperium got the advantage over Riddle moments later ahead of a break, and they maintained control for a while until Riddle countered with an Imperium bomb, Imperial bomb. McIntyre then made the hot tag and handed out overhead suplexes and neck breakers to both members of Imperium. McIntyre looked Gunther right in the eyes before powerbombing Vinci. He set it for a claymore, but Kaiser grabbed him from the back of the head. The referee was distracted, so Gunther tried to attack, but Riddle nailed him with a flying knee. McIntyre then gave Vinci a claymore, while Riddle held Kaiser back with an ankle lock, and McIntyre picked up the pinfall victory. I thought the finish was a little clunky. So he hits the claymore, and then Drew kind of just stands there. Finally, Riddle picks the leg, shuffles around a little, then gets the ankle lock on. Drew then looks at him and goes, oh, I should go for the pin, and then just lays down on him and goes for the one, two, three. So the finish, the last 30 seconds or so there, felt a little clunky to me, but other than that, I thought it was a really solid television match. What'd you think?
1: I thought it was all right. Again, like the finish was a little clunky. Do you think Drew actually like dethrones Gunther cuz that's a tough one for me. I feel like he
0: he might but at the same time it's like it's a tough one. I think he should but I don't want him to. I think he should but I don't want him to. Because if I've done the math correctly, SummerSlam would not have Gunther beating the Honky Tonk Man's record. That's why I'm so conflicted. Yeah.
1: I, like I want Gunther to break that record, at the same time it's like if Drew doesn't beat Gunther, then there's a good chance Drew might leave WWE. Because finish ah. your statement. What were you gonna say? Because it's like I have a feeling they're doing this because it's like, hey, hey, Drew, we'll put the title on you, and we'll have you dethrone Gunther. Just don't leave. Because he did say like he d- he doesn't want to be just like doing like this and that though. Like he wants to be like part of something like big.
0: But I think when it comes to Gunther needs to keep the title to beat that record, I think Drew McIntyre would, would understand that. Because maybe he loses at SummerSlam, but Fastlane or Saudi, he gets it in October, November, November. We have, In November, we have Saudi and Survivor Series. So maybe then, I don't know. But uh, I think Drew should win the belt. But I don't want him to win the belt. That's the whole thing. Very conflicted. Also, something that seemed conflicted. Gunther issued Vinci a warning after the match and stormed off. Kaiser gave him a look like you done messed up and you about to get kicked out of the group. So yeah, are they kicking Giovanni Vinci out of the group? I don't want them to. Like I mean just gonna go back to like Ludwig and Gunther again. Like when they first came to the main roster, which was very weird. I feel like they need Vinci. There needs to be three of them. Gunter and the tag team. I think they work so well as a three-man unit. Because then what are you going to do? Gunter and Vinci as a tag team going for the tag titles or something? God, no. God, no. We need Gunter as the singles guy and then the tag team. I mean, it's just like back in the day, The Shield. Dean Ambrose was the single guy. Seth and Roman were the tag team. It's just how a trio is supposed to work. And I don't want Gunther to be just a tag guy.
1: Or like Ludwig, just be just the guy that follows around Gunther. Yeah, Luther. the little puppy.
2: It would be weird. It would be weird.
1: I mean, I will say this, though. What they did with Giovanni Vinci as a singles guy in NXT, I thought was pretty good. True. Like people And people kind of liked it. But... But I mean, I feel like he's just so much better as like a guy in Imperium, though, with like Ludwig.
0: Right, and they could always add another guy, but it would just be weird if they added somebody different.
1: And They could go back to like just bringing back Alexander Wolf, but like,
0: true. Well, he's I an impact. Know. He's with Impact right now. Oh, well, he is. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Let me double check.
1: What's his impact name?
0: Be here in two seconds? As I don't know. Uh, at least, I'm pretty sure he was with Impact. Oh, uh, no. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I could be wrong. I thought I saw him in Impact, but maybe I'm wrong.
2: Hold on. Who am I thinking? Hold up. I could be wrong. Wait. Let's see. Because
0: um, I know he's going by the name now. Axel Tish, I think it is. Axel so Tish. He's not an Impact. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else that used to be in WWE that went to Impact recently. Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else probably. My bad. Never mind.
2: Uh, Yeah, no. Not him. Whoopsie. Oh, I'm
0: going go at one more thing. I could have swore i heard he went to Impact or worked a match for Impact or something. Nope, not him. okay, never mind. I take it back. So it could bring him in I mean, I wouldn't not be shocked
1: he wasn't. I'm kind of shocked he wasn't one of the guys they, like, brought back when they were, like, started bringing back a lot of the people who were, like, released. Well, you never know if they, like,
0: asked him and he turned them down. You never know. It's happened before. Because he's been doing a lot of stuff in, in, with WSW or WXW. Because he's worked
2: a bunch of WXW since his WWE release.
0: And he's also worked some progress as well. We got more Judgment Day stuff here. Like, a lot of Judgment Day on this show. Anyways, Balor again complained to Priest until Ripley cut him off. Priest says that he didn't intend on costing Balor his matchup money in the bank and he would never cash in on him. He literally thought Finn was going to win. Priest said that they could go back to running this place or... And Finn says, or... Or what? Balor was good with getting off to a fresh, uh, fresh start. Priest then said, I have faith in you that you're going to be the one. Or he says something like, I have faith in you, and you're going to be the one to get the title from Seth Rollins. Or, and he holds up the briefcase and says, I've got it covered. So he says, I believe you could beat F- Seth, but at the same time says, "And eh, Seth might beat you, so I'll have to cash in. So he and And Finn gave him a look like, what the hell was that all about? So it's kind of like... He told Finn, I think you can do it, but I don't really think you can do it all at the same time. Very weird. They all walked off. It's like, which one is it? Do you believe in him or you don't believe in him? Right.
1: But maybe this is kind of like, hey, maybe Damian Priest is gonna leave Judgment Day because he doesn't have full faith in like Finn Balor.
0: <clears throat> so then we get a four-minute video recap of the Bloodline segment from SmackDown. Cool. We all saw it already. Like, dude, we don't even need to say much more. Jack, they've been doing this a lot on they like, have. Raw
1: recently. Like,
0: they have. And SmackDown. Recap. SmackDown did a hell of a number in the ratings last week 2.5 million. I think one part of that Bloodline segment early on did over 3 million viewers at one point. So, highest um, 18 to 49 demo number in almost three years. That bloodline stuff for SmackDown is doing wonders. Wonders. Omen is ratings. That's oh, all yeah. I got to say. Oh, yeah. So Jackie Redman interviewed Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the back. She asked them, what's next? Zayn said that they would keep taking on, taking on whoever steps up. They mentioned the Street Profits, the Alpha Academy, the LWO, the Viking Raiders, all being potential opponents. Ripley and Dom would then approach. Ripley didn't appreciate that they left out Judgment Day. Owens was pissed at them for disobeying the unwritten rule of interrupting. Ripley said that any combination of Judgment Day could take those titles from them, and they planned to take all the titles. Ripley also warned them that Dom couldn't be stopped because he worked on his cardio in prison. After Ripley and Dom left, Zayn and Owens debated what she might have meant by that. What she might have meant by prison cardio. Also, is prison
1: is that even a real thing? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's called
0: getting raped in prison. Oh. <laughs> also, there was a slight "we can't hear you" uh, chant from the crowd because the screen wasn't working, and for like the first half of this show, they couldn't see any of the backstage segments. So the big screen above the ring was not working, and they weren't putting them on the Titantron it was a hold on, I know uh, Mike Straw was there and tweeted about um the chance he said, I have his tweet right here
2: Where was it um
0: We can't see it and fix the screen chance because the screen above the ring was not working and they couldn't see any of the um, backstage stuff. And then finally, finally, halfway through the show,
2: they fixed it. So, that kind of stinks. If I was in attendance, kind of stink. Right?
1: I mean... When I was at a WWE show, we kind of experienced, like, similar. I know when we were at Royal Rumble last year, the WrestleMania sign caught on fire.
0: I remember that. I remember that. Like, we're
2: chanting,
1: like, we can't see. Right. Like, people who were, like, behind the sign, they were, like, they had to lower the sign, so they were, like, blocking the match.
0: Well, that was, like, with WrestleMania 35, I believe. They had this one light that blinded a huge section of the crowd. And all they could see was just the light, and it was so bright, and so eventually WWE turned it off. Oh, uh, we got a very interesting and cool Indu shear video package. I mean, I don't know what they were saying, but it looked interesting. They used a lot of stock footage and lightning effects, but yeah, cool. Indu shear, they're gonna beat some butt i thought I thought the hype video was
1: really cool. I thought it was really cool, but at the same time, it's like these guys were here like a month ago, and now they're, they keep saying, like, oh, they're coming to Raw. They, they've been
0: here. You want to know how little they've done to impress me on Raw? I forgot they've even been on Raw. I thought it was going to show NXT footage and say that they were coming soon. I completely forgot that they've ever been on Raw until they showed the footage during this video. And I go, oh, yeah, I don't remember any of those matches at all. I remember, the, I remember the one where they
1: beat up Cedric and Shelton.
0: Now that you say it, I remember it. But I didn't remember it was them. I remember Cedric and Shelton getting beat up. I did not remember it was him in, uh, in Dushier, though. That's how little that they've done with that, to impress me at least. It's The Veer effect. Veer is coming, but no one knows when. Right. Well, then we had we're supposed to have, actually, a non-title match. World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins against a Dominic, or no, sorry. Seth freaking Rollins against dirty Dominic Mysterio. You gotta say it right, but the match never actually happened. Dom attacked Rollins from behind during his entrance. As Rollins was watching Rhea, oh, uh, watching Rhea, Ripley. Or Rollins then fought back and chased Dom around the ring, but then was attacked eventually by Balor and Priest. It was three on one until out would come Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn basically cleared the ring Rollins hit Dom with a chair and the crowd sang his song as the two sides just stared at one another so any thoughts on this segment not much to it
1: no it really wasn't wasn't much it's mainly just trying to build up towards the main event yeah
0: setting up that main event then we had Logan Paul he was walking through the back he has his face off with Ricochet up next Gunter was in the background looking like he was giving Vinci some sort of a lecture. So let me go into the second hour of the show, and they let us know that tonight's main event will, in fact, be Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens against Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. But then we have the Logan Paul ricochet face-to-face. And is it me, or was this the worst Logan Paul we have seen so far because he was trying too hard to be a heel? That's how I took it.
1: Yeah, kind of. He, Almost, you could tell he was trying a little too hard with this one.
0: He gave me the Sasha Bank Banks effect of trying too hard to be, like, dislikable and, like, the fake laugh and stuff. The ha ha ha, ha. Yeah. I think when I agree with you. Logan Paul is just an overconfident son of a gun himself, he's great like when he cut that promo before Money in the Bank when he was sitting on the top of the ladder. Great. But he was trying way too hard to be the heel to Ricochet's baby face, and it just came off as super scripted and not genuine at all. Not saying I didn't like the segment, but I never really fully got into it because, again, Logan Paul felt like he was just bad acting, and he's never felt like that at all in WWE, at least not to me. Oh, Ricochet did pretty good
1: too. Oh, Ricochet is
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, Ricochet brought off, like, his time in NXT where he did that whole, like, dive over the ring. We had that
0: promo of Velveteen Dream. Yep. And that spot never is not impressive. To do that and not, like, blow out your ankle or something or your knee or... Yeah, no. Holy crap. So, Ricochet enters the ring. It looked
1: like he almost... It looked for- like he almost blew his ankle, though. It always he does,
0: had- but then he's perfectly fine after.
1: There's like one spot where he had to like, like, like skip a little bit, right. where he had to, like bring it back up his leg. So at first I was like, he might have done something. He's totally fine.
0: Yeah. Ricochet enters and wanted to tell the fans something from the heart. Every time he steps into the ring, every risk he takes was for the fans so they could go home and say Ricochet was the highlight of the night. But tonight was all about Logan and the crowd booed. Ricochet didn't appreciate Paul going on his podcast and calling him unprofessional when Paul himself admitted that he didn't know what he was really doing. Ricochet said that he didn't do things on social media, and that is why he invited Paul to see him tonight face-to-face. Out would come Logan Paul. Paul was amused by Ricochet acting tough because he looked like a little boy. Which I didn't get that. Okay, whatever. Paul wanted to make his, this very super quick because he wanted to get out of this crap town. Paul said the Ricochet was spectacular. And every time they were in the ring together, it was fireworks. Paul then stood by what he said on his podcast and believed that everyone in the Money to Make Ladder match only cared more about making sure he didn't win instead of themselves winning. And Ricochet ended up costing them both the match. Ricochet said none of the fans wanted him near the Money in the Bank briefcase. Ricochet spoke about being in this business for 20 years. The crowd chanted, Logan sucks. Paul laughed because Ricochet was was mid-promo, yet they were still talking about him. uh, Ricochet warned Paul, never run your mouth about me again. Paul wasn't intimidated by a guy wearing a shirt that was too small and was 90% forehead. Paul knew Ricochet wanted to fight him, so he can give him another viral moment. And Paul said, I'm not a TikToker. I don't care about viral moments. Paul then said that he knocked people out while Ricochet was all about video clips. Ricochet then does his front flip out of the ring over the ropes to the floor below. Paul says he was impressed, but still declined the match. Paul tried to sucker punch Ricochet, but instead Ricochet basically just gave him a slice of bread off the apron, or using the apron. The crowd chanted for Ricochet, and Logan Paul kind of sat there like, oh, he actually got one over on me. Okay, this is serious. But so I thought this was good. I didn't I didn't think it was great because Logan Paul came off way too scripted and acting. He's just he wasn't as genuine, smooth, or just sounding normal like always. I don't know. What do you think of the segment overall? Ricochet stuff, absolutely fantastic.
1: But Logan Paul, he didn't really do that great. it he gave out the vibe of, of like, bad
0: acting. Yeah, because, like, the one point where Ricochet's talking, they're chanting, Logan sucks, and he goes, ha, 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 you're talking, and they're still actually thinking of me or something like that with the laugh. and the, It's like I always say with Sasha frickin' Banks. The fake-ass laugh is just not... It. It's kind of shocking to me because Logan Paul, he's been in a few movies, so you think he
1: would do good.
0: He's never had a bad like cutting promo. Well, not even that. I don't think he's this was his first bad WWE promo, in my opinion. So it's like, how many has he done? Plenty. He's been around since 2021. He's been cutting plenty of promos. He started with the Sammy stuff at WrestleMania 37. And then he worked 38, he worked 39. Like, he's been around for the better part of three years almost. Never cut a bad promo before tonight, in my opinion. But yeah, this is all just building to Ricochet, Logan Paul, SummerSlam. Then we move on to something interesting. So early in the day, well, actually maybe midday, we get a couple reports saying that Becky Lynch is not cleared to compete, and that is why her match is not being advertised on WWE.com. Last week, it was announced that she would be taking on Zoe Stark. So the match is not advertised. The reports and rumors are that she's not cleared. It's a minor injury, and she may get cleared by Raw. And, well, that's what happened. Somehow, they cleared her before Raw. Apparently she showed up to the building and they said, no, you can't compete. Then by the time the show went on the air, they're like, okay, never mind, You can. So I don't know what's going on with that. No clue whatsoever. Maybe she stretched and she was, fu- I don't know, but she did take on Zoe Stark in a 10 and a half minute match that to be honest was just there. This match did absolutely nothing for me. Like it wasn't a bad match. But I never actually fully got into it. I just it never caught my attention. Cool, like for the most part. I don't know if you thought Honestly, the same.
1: Just felt like a match. Like, all right, we'll just like throw it on here and just like be something to like try and build a Nikki versus Trish at right. SummerSlam if that's the route they go, which most likely will be.
0: This more just felt like. They needed a match, and they put two women together. It didn't feel like something that had been built up. It didn't feel like something that was part of a storyline. It just felt like a match that you could see any night of the week at a house show. Like nothing special at all. So early on, Stark took control, thanks to Trish Stratus, tripping Becky Lynch with the referee's back turned. But Lynch did make a comeback after a break and hit an exploder for a two. She responded with a clothesline, a sliding knee, and a twisting senton for a two. Lynch countered Stark's finisher and hit a reverse DT for yet another two. Starks then countered a disarmor a couple of times and hit a spinning kick for a near fall. Stark tried a cradle while holding the ropes, but the referee caught her. Lynch tried to return the favor by doing the same thing, but Trish informed the ref, hey, ropes, get her, stop. Lynch then argued with Stratus. With her back turned Starks to Starks. So Starks tried to go for a finisher, but Lynch countered it again. Lynch then drop kicked stratus off the apron with her back turned yet again. And Starks rolled her up for the victory. So there we go. Just a nothing happening. Roll up victory. I don't think this really did much for anything, to be completely honest.
1: It didn't really do much for me, but I will say it's good that they gave Zoe Stark the win over Becky because. I feel like Becky's just one of those names where if you beat her, it's not really going to affect her that much because right. she's like such a well-established name in WWE.
0: But here's my big question. Do you even care about seeing Trish versus Becky? Because I don't. I don't either. I'm just ready for them to be done with Trish at mm-hmm. this point. Exactly. I could care less if we get Trish and Lita, or Trish and Becky. Speaking of, where the hell's Lita been? This all started with... Trish attacked Alita, and still nothing. What is Lita going to show up the last RAW before Summerslam to be in Becky's corner after all this time? Like, people get attacked way worse than Lita did, and come back the same week, if not sometimes the same night. Yet this chica's been out for months. I don't. I don't get it at all. Maybe she makes a surprise
1: return at SummerSlam, kinda like helping Becky that helps right. her like, beat Frish. I honestly don't see her like coming back on a raw. I feel like she'll probably just come back at like SummerSlam to like help Becky.
0: I could see that.
1: Just to even the odds against like Trish right. and Zoe.
0: We go to the back and Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens are there. Owens wanted them to smash heads and break noses tonight. They were all kind of like worried about their upcoming match. And then Sammy's like, hey, we're all champions. We don't need to worry about anything. Cool. Just a rah-rah motivation segment. They need to kill five minutes. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So then we had the Alpha Academy graduation ceremony of Maxine Dupree. I like this a lot, fricking Otis. What the hell are you doing? You're you're just vibing with the crowd, just doing your own thing while they're doing a segment. Like this is freaking great. Otis is a national treasure. Like I don't know oh, what yeah. the crowd I've- was chanting at one point, but like they were like da 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 da. And Otis is like man, and he's just like doing all this stuff. And then like when Otis tried to put the 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 jacket on, he's like. Got the jacket here. He's like, ah, ah," he's like spinning around. Can't get the jacket on. It was freaking phenomenal. Otis is so great with comedy stuff. I love it. Or should I say Otis? Because she's still doing that thing.
1: I thought the segment was pretty good. I expected something
0: different to come out of it, though. So let's recap it. Chad Gable and Otis did some comedy before introducing the first female graduate of the Alpha Academy, Maxine Dupree. Max came down, or Maxine came down in a um, pink robe and uh, cap and gown. The priest said that she used to think that Gable was nothing more than a hideous, disgusting little troll of a man. And he kind of got the, huh, look on his face. And then she goes, but I know he's so much more than that. And he's like, oh, okay. She said, he's a great mentor, teacher, and wonderful friend. Crowd starts chanting, you deserve it. And I think that's when Otis was dancing to the, the chants. Um she thanks Gable for her train for training her, and Maxine said that she was able to beat the witch Valhalla and win her first match on Raw. Dupree also wanted to give credit to this beautiful hunk of a man, Otis. Dupree called Otis her muse and her rock, and if he hadn't caught her eye, none of this would have ever happened. She also thanked the fans for accepting her in every possible way, before yelling. A thank you, Gable, then told Maxine, "Remove your cap. Remove your gown." And you can hear some people in the car going, "Yeah!" Like, like, oh yeah, the chick's gonna get naked or something. He's like, "Because I've got something for you. I've got the last
1: jacket." This is in two thousand. Not this isn't like the early two thousands.
0: But he says, "I've got the only jacket you're ever gonna need again." As him and Otis are putting on their letterman's jackets, they give one to her. They start to help her put it on, and then we get the music of the Viking Raiders. So Eric and Ivar walk down the aisle, and we know exactly what's coming next because, well, Valhalla's not with them. She jumps in the ring behind Maxine, attacks Maxine from behind, and steals her letterman jacket. They then walk off, and she's still got the jacket. So, yeah, Viking Raiders and Valhalla steal the jacket. Next week, it will be the Viking Raiders versus the Alpha Academy in a tag team Vikings rules match. So is Maxine's jacket on the line or something? I don't know. But the Viking rules match, that means like there's going to be a, a ship, half a ship at the front of the ring like we saw that one time on SmackDown.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this will be a fun match. Oh, yeah.
0: I think so, for sure.
1: Honestly, like, for this segment, though, I thought it was going to be a little bit different because, like, going into the segment, I thought they were, like, completely done with, like, the Academy and the Viking Raiders, so I kind of thought, like, oh, they're probably going to do something else, and I kind of thought, at the end of the graduation ceremony, I thought we were going to get the return of the maximum male models, kind of being like, Maxine, you're supposed to be with us, not them. I can
0: see that eventually. I think they just want, I think it could be a fact of Maxine is comfortable in the ring with Sarah, Valhalla. And so they want to give them as much time together as possible for her to just get reps in and stuff. Because I've heard that, that those two are very comfortable together. And Maxine really likes, like, learning from her and being around her and this and that. <clears throat> so, yeah, but like Go
1: for kind it. Of, I'm still kind of surprised we haven't seen Maximum Meal Bottles yet. Oh, Is he dead at this point? No,
0: uh, no. I know. Mase has done. No. Mansua has been on some up up down down videos and stuff. They're still around. They're just not being used on television.
1: Probably backstage though.
0: Yeah. Let me see. When was Mansour's last match? Okay. Match. Let's see. Manshwar or Manshwa. They haven't worked since May. They were in a number one contenders battle royal to fight for the IC title, the one that Mustafa Ali won. So they haven't worked since May.
1: A little weird in my opinion, but.
0: Kind of. But I mean, what are they really going to do with them? They have nothing for them. I've seen nowhere where they would fit. I will say, though, at first, I didn't like them
1: as, like, the maximum male models, but as far as, like, entertainment-wise, they do pretty well.
0: I think Mansual should just go back in Mansoor and then put Mace with a different name, D.O. Williams or whatever it is, back in NXT. That's what I would do. So... We get an earlier today video where Emma told Shayna Baszler that they could be good together. That she was impressed by what she said to Ronda Rousey and they should finish the job. Baszler, playing with a deck of cards, says, They? We? Huh? Like, I ain't doing anything with you. How about, you want to see what I'm going to do to Ronda? Meet me in the ring later on tonight and I'll show you. Basically setting up Shayna versus Emma. That went a minute and a half. Not much to it. Shayna beat her ass. Emma, and maybe this was her just being really good at selling early, looked scared as shit in the ring when the match started. Like, she looked terrified to be in there with Shayna. Then finally caught her bearings and got tapped out. But it was just weird. She looked like she was shaking a little bit and scared when Shayna was just looking at her before the bell rang. Probably just did a good job selling it, though. Maybe that's Maybe. what she was supposed to do.
1: Maybe just act scared. Maybe like, oh, crap. I messed up. I right. poked the bear.
0: Yep. Speaking of poking the bear, Ronda Rousey would make her way out to the ring after this match. A little post-match scuffle. Ronda countered a careful clutch attempt. Tried to go for an armbar, but Baszler managed to escape the ring and back out. Ronda was basically like, come on, Shayna. Get back in here and let's go. Shayna. Wanted nothing to do with Ronda thus far. Now, here's my question. What kind of match do they have? Do they just have a straight-up match? Or could we see them in the fight pit? Fight pit would be fun.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: At the same time, I feel like it would probably just be a regular match and maybe just add, like, maybe, like, loser leaves WWE because they keep saying this could be Ronda's, like, final, like, match in WWE at SummerSlam.
0: Or they do a singles, regular singles match, but you can only win by KO or submission. Because I mean, if you're gonna do a fight pit match, I don't see either of them jumping off the top of that fight pit, and that's what fans are gonna want. And then when no one jumps off, they're gonna be very disappointed. Yeah, if you're gonna do a fight
1: pit, you gotta add someone like like a Matt Riddle or something, someone who can like tough, jump off the top and like, right do something crazy give me EO
0: Sky in a fight pit doing a moonsault off the top
1: EO Sky versus Bailey in a fight pit
0: that would be fun EO's jumped off top of what Um, um, War Games cage
1: yeah You, you gotta have someone like an EO Sky who can like do jumps right like jump off of that
0: well then Cody Rhodes would make his way out to the ring Cody asked the millions of fans watching at home to indulge him because he wanted to turn his back to the camera and see all the fans inside the arena. Rhodes looked around, and the fans cheered for him. Rhodes said that there seemed to be an invisible wall between the fans and the ring, but he always felt like the fans were in there with him, and he appreciated that. Rhodes says that he wasn't, uh, wasn't performative because everything he's been telling the fans has been real. <coughs> Excuse me. He wasn't just talking about goals. These were his life goals. <coughs> Excuse me. He talked about the fans in the UK asking about, or he talked, no. He talked about a media member at a scrum after Money in the Bank in the UK asking him about his momentum coming out of that show. Rhodes answered honestly, but the question, the question haunted him since. He told the fans that every city that they went to was sold out and every crowd was louder than the next. By every metric, he was doing just fine. The fans persisted, and Cody's answer bothered him. His momentum in the ring was kind of shaky. There was a mountain in his way, and that mountain was called Brock Lesnar. He cannot go around or cannot go around or over this mountain. He must go through it. Rose informed Buffalo that Lesnar, well, he's not here tonight, but will be there next week. Not in Buffalo, but at Raw. Rhodes then said that everyone had a Brock Lesnar in their life. And the thing that was impending was the next step. And it was the fear of heights or the boss. Rhodes wanted a rubber match. And he wanted that match at SummerSlam. Rhodes wanted Lesnar to appear next week and shake his hand. If he didn't, it would be another night of Rhodes popping him in the head and attacking him with a chair to end the chapter that Lesnar started for no reason. Rhodes said that whoever emerged from the dust would be next in line. But the prince didn't want to be prince any longer. He was next in line. What did you think of the segment and the promo from Cody? I liked it.
1: Yeah, I liked it too. I can honestly see him and Lesnar, they shake on the match, but then Lesnar just grabs Cody and gives him an F5. He's going to do something like that.
0: So... This isn't the only person that could be coming to Raw next week in Atlanta for Cody, though. Heels star Stephen Amell actually posted on Facebook that he will be in Raw next week as he has been working on a project with WWE that is set to come out right around season two of Heels. So yeah, Stephen Amell, a good friend of Cody Rhodes, is also going to be at Raw next week. Not sure what he's going to be doing, but is it Cody related? Is it not? I have no idea. He just posted something like a day or two ago on his Facebook that said he was coming to Raw in Atlanta.
1: Did work with WWE like back in the day when yep. back when Stephen Amell did like Arrow and Cody was Stardust. Yep.
0: And Cody's been on Arrow. Shotting. Mm-hmm. Actually, we don't know yet. They haven't announced it or showed it. It would be interesting if Cody showed up on, on Heels Season 2. That would be cool. We've seen real wrestlers. Arrow- Go for it. Arrow canceled? Oh, Arrow's been done for a while. Arrow did eight seasons, and then they ended it. I haven't seen that show in, like, forever. Yeah, no, Arrow did eight seasons on the CW, and then they canceled it in... When was the final episode? 2020. And from there, Stephen Amell immediately went on to work uh, work on the Heels show. It was a very big passion project of him. He didn't create it. But he helped like make the show what it is, and yeah. If you haven't seen Heels, goddamn, go watch it. So, story about Heels really fast, going off on a little tangent. So, ah, what day was this? Friday night? No, maybe it was Thursday. No, it was Friday. Friday night. I'm sitting here with my girlfriend, and she's like, "Put something on TV. I don't care what it is." Put something, because she was like doing her own work stuff or whatever. And she's like, put something on that's not going to distract me from my work. I was like, all right. Well, there's this wrestling show that I don't think you're going to like because you don't care for wrestling that I need to rewatch before season two comes out. Halfway through the first episode, she's off her computer. She's sitting next to me on the couch, totally invested in this show. We get, we haven't finished season one yet. She's still got two episodes left. But her comment was, why? Well, hold on. (laughs) I'm trying to remember exactly. Her comment was something like, why do I like this stupid show and when does season two start? So yeah, I've said it since last year. Heels is a show that non-wrestling fans will fall in love with because they have the perfect, perfect setup. You go one episode, super, super wrestling invested. Second episode, almost no wrestling, but very story driven. And it keeps alternating Throughout the entire season like that. So yeah. She wants to finish this, this season. And she can't wait for season 2. And she hates watching wrestling. I'll say that right now. She does not like watching wrestling. But loves this show. She thinks the Stacey Spade character. Stephen Amell's wife in the show is awesome. That's her favorite character. So she connects with a non-wrestling character in the show of course. But yeah. No. I've been preaching this for a year now. That Heels is a great show. Fantastic, phenomenal show that even people that don't like wrestling will fall in love with. And Season 2, hopefully, is just that much better. Season 2 comes out July 28th. They're moving it from, Sundays to, to, from Sunday nights to Friday nights as well. So, go watch Heels. If you haven't watched Heels Season 1, download the Stars app. You don't even need to make an account. They put the first season out fully for free. And even at that, Stars is only $2.99 a month. Have you seen Heels? I have not. Oh, man, you should. I'm going to give you a warning, though. Cocks out, boobs out. Can't watch this show with the kids. Can't watch this show with the kids. Because there's sex and dicks just swinging. Yeah. It's wild.
2: That's why I love it.
0: But. All right. Getting back to a Monday Night Raw. We got a no DQ match next. It was The Miz against Tommaso Ciampa in an 11 and a half minute match. So, they quickly go to break. Like, fairly quickly early on in this match. They went to break after Ciampa wrapped Miz's head in between a steel chair and shoved it into the ring post. Miz came off the top of the trash can lid, but Ciampa caught him in midair with a knee strike. Ciampa used the lid to hit multiple knee strikes in the corner. Champa put Miz through a table with an air raid crash off the middle rope, and the crowd went nuts. And this was after Miss screwed with the crowd. Miss started to pull the table out and then said no and put the table back. Pissed off, Buffalo. Champa had the match all but won before Bronson Reed, of all people, would come back out and break the cover. Reed then gave Champa a tsunami. Miss crawled for the cover, and yeah, one, two, three. Miz gets the win, and they're going all the way back to whatever this was supposed to be when Bronson Reed first redebuted in WWE, when he first made his return, helping the Miz. We're full circle here, ladies and gentlemen. what do you think of the match? And Bronson Reed being back with the Miz.
1: Well, Bronson Reed with the Miz thing, like that kind of like that surprised me a little bit because he did that one thing with the Miz We're with like, that Dexter Lumis thing.
0: Like, two, three weeks, and so that was it?
1: Yeah, then they, w- then they just went to, like, Dex... I mean, uh... just being a full singles guy, now he's back with the Miz. Like, what? I have no clue. sure, I can honestly see this maybe, like, Tampa recruiting someone to, like, help even the odds. For example, Johnny Gargano.
0: Oh, Johnny boy. Johnny boy.
1: Yeah. DIY versus Miz and Bronson Reed?
0: That would not be bad at all. Give me that at SummerSlam.
1: Or, or I could honestly see them being like, hey, Dexter has some problems with the Miz, so mm. you can have Dexter be your like big dude to even up with like Bronson Reed.
0: I would rather it be Johnny. I don't want Chompa and Dexter, because that's just going to. Yeah, no. It's got to be Johnny. Yeah, I would much it's got to be Johnny. I'd much rather have Johnny and. Remember, as we learned in NXT, size don't matter to Johnny Gargano and he'll fight anybody and everyone. True. So We're in the back. Sony Deville and Chelsea Green confront Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. It's to talk about them sitting at ringside for their upcoming match and Chelsea's like, is that even allowed? That's something that should happen. We need to speak to a manager about this because and there's no managers around though, so who are we supposed to speak to? Up with then walk Rhea Ripley. And Chelsea's basically like, ooh, you're in trouble. She walks straight to Raquel. Looks at Raquel. Looks at uh, Liv, who I swear to God, she could have been freaking Maxine Dupree's twin sister tonight. Those two looked so much alike. It was wild. Anyways, she says, stay out of my business. Or else. Because that'll be the third strike. You've already gotten to my, in, in, involved in my business twice. I ain't letting it happen again. Green then took, she then took Ripley's side and said, strike three, you're out. Basketball. And she's like, yeah, we're going to dominate this place when we win the titles. And Rhea's like, what do you mean we? And freaking Sonia grabs her and goes, no, no, no. She didn't mean we as in like the three. But She meant we as in like us when we win the titles. It's not what she meant. No, she meant that. I thought that was funny. So he's trying to, like, calm everything down. Morgan then told Ripley they got involved last week because she was a bully who disrespected Natalia. Rodriguez then cut off Morgan and told Ripley that they would stop her. So, yeah, this then led to a two-and-a-half-minute match. Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. But they're, they're really hard. So do you think maybe Rhea costs them the tag titles next week?
1: Can see it at the same time. Uh, the should I would I wouldn't mind like Chelsea and Sonia being the tag champs because oh could me neither like,
0: they'd be funny as hell. They
1: cause Chelsea they can just be like every week like we don't want to defend the titles. Where's the manager? Who, yeah, who approved this and stuff? Like
0: we don't have to defend them. So do you, do you think that maybe Raquel should drop the tag titles before challenging Rhea or n- not really? A-
1: Thing. They should honestly. If they're gonna, if she's gonna challenge Rhea, they then they should. I, I don't really see them being yeah. tag champs like going into SummerSlam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If they if they build towards Raquel versus right. Rhea, if you're doing Raquel versus Rhea, then you should take the belt like the tag belts off of them.
0: Well, that is the current plan. It's been reported multiple times now. Raquel and uh, Rhea for the title. So, this then, like I said, led to Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. The finals of the, I guess you could say, gauntlet match last week. Match went two and a half minutes, not much to it. Green won when she covered Katana with her feet on the ropes and Deville assisted by holding her feet down. Crowd was pretty dead and didn't care for this match at all. As we move forward, Byron Saxton interviewed Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. McIntyre had noticed all the different groups that have popped up since he's been gone, trying to use their numbers to the advantage. McIntyre has dealt with this before and was tired of it. So he and Riddle planned on embracing them all by starting with Imperium. Or eradicating, not embracing, I wrote the wrong word. Riddle then said, yeah, next week I'm going to fight Gunther. And McIntyre's like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be off doing some other company things. And you might need me be in your corner. He goes, don't worry about it. I already talked to Priest, and he told me that Kuzer and Giovinci, well, he's going to, they're going to be banned from ringside. And McIntyre goes, it's uh, Giovanni. But okay, if that's how it's going to go, then yeah, you're good next week. Go fight Gunther. McIntyre said that the night was done. So he and Riddle can go see what Buffalo actually has to offer. Saxon seemed like he wanted to join them. McIntyre stopped them and said, oh, not you. And that's how the segment ended. Oh, this is cool. Fun setting up a match for next week. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of next week, a number of things have been announced. Brock Lesnar will appear. Alpha Academy will take on the Viking Raiders in a Viking Rules match. Matt Riddle will take on Gunter in a non-title match. And the Women's Tag Team Championships will be on the line when Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan defend against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. This then leads to our main event match. The six-man tag. The World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins, teaming up with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, the World Tag Team Champions, against um, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio. The Judgment Day. So the match itself went to a break early on after Owens wiped out Judgment Day with a dive off the top. He literally, as they're going to break, he climbs to the top rope, looks down at Rhea and goes, Look what I did to your boys! So, come back and the crowd's chanting, Dom, you suck. Dom, you suck. Owens dropped Balor with a DDT and Dom tagged in to try and prevent a tag, but then Owens simply rolled out of the way and tagged Rollins. Rollins was all over Dom here and hit a super kick for a two. Dom raked Rollins' eyes and tagged in Priest, who dropped him with a Laria for a two. Rollins flipped out of a Priest slam attempt and super kicked him into Balor, who fell off the apron. Rollins then gave Priest a pedigree, but Rollins or Balor broke up the pin and tagged in. Dom then tagged himself in as Balor gave Rollins a headlocked uh, elbow drop. Dom then hit a frog splash, but Rollins kicked out. Rollins, at one point, dropped Balor with a super king and tagged in Zane, who gave Balor a blue thunder bomb. Dom, though, broke up the cover, so Owens gave him a stunner, and boy, did Dom sell the shit out of this stunner. He probably popped up four feet in the air or whatever. This man took a hell of a bump for that stunner. Thank you, Dom. Priest, though, did chuck Owens from the ring. Zane at one point, gave Balor an exploder into the turnbuckle, but Ripley tripped Zane as he set up for a huluva kick. Priest gave Zayn a choke slam as Ripley distracted the referee, and this uh, allowed Balor to follow this up with the coup de grace and pick up the win. Anybody else tired with frickin' what's-his-name? I just forgot all of a sudden. The commentary guy. Kevin Patrick. The coup de grace. The coup de grace. No, it's coup de grace. Because, like, at one point, he called Damian Priest el senor money in the bank. And, and Corey Graves goes, it ain't El Senor, it's just Senor, Patrick. <clears throat> but regardless, Judgment Day, do pick up the victory. Alan Priest then shook hands afterwards. Rhea was very happy. And the show went off the air with Corey Graves saying, NXT better be worried because Judgment Day, they're coming tomorrow. So what do you think of the main event? I like
1: the main event. Smart move for them to have Judgment Day win. Mm-hmm. Because, one, it also kind of like build, starts building Judgment Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because right. that's probably the route they're going. <laughs> Two, maybe it, it kind of like builds like Finn Balor and Damien stuff. Like for a moment, it's like, all right, we can trust each other. Then maybe next week they do something We're like, all right, maybe they don't trust each other or something.
0: Also, Corey Graves didn't make note during this match. Judgment Day will be on NXT tomorrow, and Damian Priest can cash in on whoever he wants, even the NXT champion, Carmelo Hayes. Just a thought. Not gonna happen, but I liked that slight little reference there. But with that, that's all we've got. That is everything we've got here. Since we're not live, we don't got all the polls. We do got two of the polls, though. We got the Twitter poll, and we got the YouTube community poll, so let's pull those up right now and see what you guys thought of tonight's Raw. So as far as the Twitter poll does go, 61% did like the show, 25% thought it was just alright, and 12% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 68% liked the show, 23% thought it was just alright, and 9% didn't like it. Some of the comments here say, well done, loved it, 6 out of 10. Um, this one says, Lazy Part-Timer. Not sure what they're talking about. It says, Lazy Part-Timer hasn't defended in four and a half months. I don't know what that means. Who? Who hasn't defended their title in four and a half months? Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. One says, Main Event was good, but the Judgment Day won. Another one says, I liked it. So, Yeah. Overall, seems like most people did enjoy tonight's Monday Night Raw. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. We're usually on Twitch, but we're not tonight. We're on, which is twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can find me over at Twitter at PetKey underscore
0: 21, and you can also find me over at Twitch at Petkey. With that, guys, have a great rest of your day, or night, or evening, or whenever you're watching this. We will be back on Wednesday for the uh, for uh, AEW Dynamite, which is going to be a big show because they are going to officially announce the final members of Blood and Guts on that show. Tony Khan confirmed that. And hopefully, my internet's better and we can do it live. I will keep you guys posted and updated on all of that. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.